Hello, I'm here today chatting with my dear old friend Mandy Lawrence. Mandy, how are you? I am very well. So lovely to see you. It's very nice to see you. Now, I, if it's okay, I'm not going to dwell too much on the terrible situation of lockdown as we've uh, about to enter another one. However, you were telling me earlier about the stress of getting your son into a school and then the school closed down and then getting him back oh. in. It's not straightforward, is it? No, it's a French farce. But <laughs> we're getting there. We're getting there. But you're enjoying Bristol. Yeah, I am, because we, we don't know it that well, apart from touring to the old Vic and a little bit of the tobacco factory but yeah it's 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 good but i mean everything's been shut <laughs> so i don't really know it but i've been wandering around and going to the playgrounds with my son so when eventually it opens you can see what bristol has to offer in a more in-depth way i'll have a look now, I should say, obviously, we've known each other for a very long time. We've uh, acted together and, uh, and directed together. And uh, I'm not going to spare your blushes. You are, for me, one of uh, the few actors who I'd watch literally do anything. So if you want to start painting your wall at home, I will watch you do that. Because uh, you are eminently watchable and, and, and uh, a supreme talent. Anyway, I wanted to go back to the beginning, well, near the beginning, if I may, Mandy, and then we'll, we'll, we'll touch on various things as we go along. Um, am I right that you were born in Devon? That's it. Newton Abbott. Newton Abbott. Well, I hope you won't mind. You'll probably, I can see your face now as I'm about to share something about Devon and in relation to you actually one of my favourite memories of any any <laughs> I see you laughing do you want me to stop you know where I'm heading no no you don't mind well I have to share this with the listeners because it is still one of my favourite memories of any any rehearsal period as you remember uh, recall we were rehearsing a play called Playing the Victim which told me it did with the Royal Court and the wonderful Richard Wilson was directing it and it was a bit of a yes. departure for us as a company. And I think for a lot of the actors like yourself who worked maybe more through improvisation and physicality. And Richard was a more psychological approach to the play. <laughs> Very early on, we were sat in a circle and the play was written by two brothers called the Preshtikov brothers from a place called Ekaterinburg. And as they were in rehearsal, yeah. as we sat in a circle, quite intense focus. Richard wanted us to say the the word Ekaterinburg, like we came from there. So he went round the circle and said, where do you come from? And one of the actors said, Ekaterinburg. And next person, where do you come from? Ekaterinburg. And this went on as it went round the circle until it came to you and he said, where do you come from? And you said, Devon. <laughs> and that, to me, I, I so, it is so joyous, that memory. <laughs> I was so nervous, Paul. I was trying to get it right. Oh my God! I'm I'm laughing now. I can see Haley's face as well. I'm. <laughs> it was so wonderful, but it was such a joyous memory of that. We'll come back to that later. I had to say that. But I'm I'm guessing I might be wrong, Mandy. But I'm guessing there was no show business in your family or relatives or anything. No, no, absolutely nothing. No, I just loved doing drama when I was little. But no, I've got three brothers who just show no interest in that at all. And was there, a, was there a particular teacher or someone that got you into it? Or how did you get into it? Um, no, it was really interesting. I always remember at school trying to, like always being in the background, you know, in nativity plays and desperate to be Mary, you know, <laughs> and just having the tents around my head and being one of the angels at the back and really, you know, dreaming of being Mary or whoever, you know, whoever, but never being really, and in, in sec, and that was in primary school, in secondary school, uh, 
trying to get at the front or trying to do something but never being asked or trying to get involved and then um and, and it wasn't really and then there was one teacher I think probably when I was in the fourth year of um secondary school so what we're 14 15 mm -hmm. and there was a play called Going Solo and it was a devised piece and I was singing in it and and I, I did this song and I could sing and then suddenly I got noticed a bit, but it took, and I got my hair cut at the same time. I think that helped. It's a funny thing, isn't it? Because I don't know about you, I was similar. My dad was an electrician, my mum was a dinner lady, so there was no context for show business at all. But even as I got interested in it and it kind of became a vague idea, I kind of kept it to myself. I didn't want to share it with anyone too much. How was that with you? I, exactly the same. I didn't tell anyone. I mean, I love, I, I loved it. Do you know what I mean? I had this, you know, this thing inside of you that's burning away or you're, you're constantly eyes widened to that, to drama, if you know what I mean. But like, like you know, my dad was unemployed. We lived on benefits and my mum, housewife of four children. Yeah, so it was that kind of out sounding, you know, it was just what it was. But I had this whole other thing, like many, you know, we, we all have this creativity going on inside of us. Just, I just happened to find a little gateway when I was 14, 15 in this device play. But, um, but you know, I think about my brothers and like one taught himself to play a little keyboard. And oh, another, cool. another one loved to think, you know, we've all got it, haven't we, within us. It's just if you're given that gateway. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And I think we see more of it hopefully now in a strange way while we're all locked down and separate. It's, I've been amazed by some of the people in our road when we clapped the NHS, there was an older chap opposite who came out and played the violin in the street and he was amazing. And I'd only ever seen him walk up, walk up the road. I didn't know him at all. And I think you're right. The notion that we all have something inside is very true. So was it, how did your parents react when you said, I want to go and study drama then? What was the reaction to that? Well, uh, <laughs> not good. I mean, <laughs> they, um, they wanted me to be a music teacher. So they were trying to get oh. me, because I, I played the violin, not as good as the man up the road, I don't think. <laughs> but I, but um, I was pretty shocking. And then, um, and they really wanted, had an idea of me to be a certain thing. Do you know what I mean? And, and then I, I, I got into occupational therapy school at, um, oh, I, wow. I, in Exeter, yeah, to be a sort of, I would have been awful. <laughs> and then I saw a prospectus in the sixth form um, for uh, Bretton Hall College. And it was just some people in leg warmers and all in black doing different positions. <laughs> and I just loved it. And I just went, and I remember it was like an epiphany. I just went, I, I want to do this. I want to go there. And I sort of, pulled out of the th and I told my mum and dad and they just said you're an you're a you're a fool and you know I mean I, they're, they're lovely but they're they were I think they're frightened yeah, of you yeah. you know not getting anywhere and um, and and uh, or being poor or uh, which I was being <laughs> <laughs> they were absolutely right they were point. spot on <laughs> But it's, it's interesting, isn't it, as well, I suppose. I remember very similarly kind of telling my parents that's what I wanted to try and do. And, of course, they were only trying to look out for me. I think the, the approach was, why don't you go to... A bit like you, they wanted me to be an English teacher because I was quite good at English at school. And they said, why don't you do English at university and then you could act in your spare time? And being a rather angry young man, I said, I don't want to act in my spare time. <laughs> And then they said, but if you got a degree, you'd have something to fall back on. And I thought, if I have something to fall back on, I'm going to fall back on it. 
<laughs> so I don't know. It sounds a bit similar. Your experience? Yes, really similar. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I finished, and I it was I finished, and it was just all kind of um, cash in hand jobs, doing pub theatre. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, I remember. They yeah, were right, and they were looking at me, and my dad sort of said, you know, what are you doing? You know, and it went on. It went on for about 10 years, this. It's obviously. true. I want to jump back a second, if I may, Mandy, before we get to the poverty years down and out in, in London. <laughs> <laughs> I want to drop back to Bretton Hall because Hayley and I, uh, you may know, we went to Middlesex Poly together. And I feel there were... I was talking to a friend of ours, Giles King, about this the other day, and he was at uh, Dartington. And I think those three places had a shared kind of ethos almost, I felt. Bretton Hall, Middlesex, and, and what was it like when you turned up there? I mean, you know, what was your first impression? Well, I saw a man in dungarees, which thrilled me. <laughs> 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 Very shallow. No. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I just, I was just, because Dartington is very close to Newton Abbott, and I wanted to go somewhere like that. And it was, it was the place where, Newton Abbott is, um, how can I say, without being offensive to people who live in Newton Abbott, <laughs> it's got a lot of um, isms to it. You know, yes. it's, it's, it's um, I'd say there's quite a lot of, more of a right wing stance to the, to the town. And, um, and then Totnes is completely opposite where you walk around in bare feet up and down the road. And, <laughs> and, um, I, and I just, I was drawn to that side. So I wanted to go somewhere like, almost like a runaway place out of yeah, what yeah. was quite confined in Newton Abbott and then um but I didn't want to be so close to the family you know I need I needed to get away and so I found a Dartington in the north and and it was just a it was just wonderful because it's in the middle of a sculpt Henry Moore sculpture park it's just beautiful which Dartington is and uh it was just a great release, actually. I just felt like I'd, I felt really comfortable. Again, I, I didn't realise, and obviously we've talked a lot over the years, but in some ways quite similar because, again, I, I wanted to get away from home. And um, and then I, 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 when I ended up there and I encountered particularly John Wright's work and met Hayley, it, op it opened up a thing that I didn't really know existed. And also if I think about where you went and a bit like... Um, Middlesex, we had Phelan McDermott and people like that above us. And obviously your time, there were people like League of Gentlemen and people making yes. their own work. I mean, what was it like to improvise and do all of that? Oh, it was just, it was just great. I felt, it's like if you have the right environment, you can feel it again. If you really create the right environment in the space, which I think Tolbine idiots certainly do. Do you know what I mean? But if, when you get into an environment, you can just play and play and play. And you feel, just a great feeling of freedom. And, and also, uh, I think this of being seen or suddenly being able to communicate in a deeper, bigger way. Yeah. And, and meeting, I know it sounds really, but meeting people from the north of England, like I didn't know anyone. And suddenly there was Rotherham, people from Rotherham, Doncaster, Newcastle, Liverpool, Manchester, Sully Hall. There's all these amazing people that are north of Newton Abbott. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good title for your autobiography, North of Newton Abbott, <laughs> A Life in the Theatre by Mandela. Um, no, I, it is about, obviously, it's as much about the people you meet, isn't it? And, yeah. and uh, As well as the teachers and whatever. So when you, that was a two-year course, yeah? Three. Three-year course. And did you meet a group of people that you made work with there? Was there a group of you or? Um, I, I did. I mean, I got involved in a theatre company called Feckend Theatre that um, 
I sort of convinced myself that I couldn't get work once I got out. I didn't even know I needed a CV. Do you know what I mean? When I left Bretton, yeah. I didn't know I needed a photo and a CV. It was very, I wasn't taught that or told that. So I ended up joining a theatre company formed in Bretton Hall. They were a year above us yeah. and some of us joined them. And I sort of got myself stuck there and I did Edinburgh for nine years with them pretty much. Yeah. And um, it was stuff like lots of plays holding spliffs and pretending to be really cool. And it wasn't my scene at all. <laughs> it's a fish out of water. But we did versions of Hamlet and Ubu, um, Alfred Jerry Ubu. And mm -hmm. so there's some interesting stuff and a lot of devised work. Um, so that so that came out of Bretton Hall, but I had to pull myself away from that. Yeah. And were you, would you, in, did you in any way regret that length of time that you, you did? Yes. I yeah, I think I did. I think I just felt, I just believed that I, I, nobody would employ me or I, I didn't have, it was self-belief, you know, like a, to get, suddenly I was out in the real world and, and it suddenly seemed to be about looks or, um, I don't yeah. know, I, but I think that's me convincing myself, like making myself, at that time in my life, I was like, you have to be really attractive to, to, you know, move forward, you have to be, and then I later on just went, well, the work I love, like Ken Loach, Mike Lee, all the stuff that really rocked my world when I was younger mm. isn't about that at all no, no. and I, I know it sounds really obvious no it, it, it took it, me a moment to go hold on this is this is not what you be even believe in you know what I mean like you're showing life. you want to show life you, you, you know and it just it I just suddenly and I got more sort of confidence and it, it took a long time to come it's interesting isn't it that uh, and obviously that touches on what you and I would call the poverty years as well at the, at the same time. What would you say was the worst non-theatre job you can recall having? Oh, God. I've been in many a kitchen, but there was one kitchen. <laughs> uh, I was always the washer-upper. They'd never put me out to carry any, carry any plates of food. But there was one where I'd finish in Labrick Grove at one in the morning and I'd had to get night buses back to... Um, Stoke Newington, which then wasn't what it is now. And in those moments when it's you're on that night bus, two night buses, and you've been shouted yeah. at by the Italian chef or whatever, yeah. and show business of of any kind of level films a million miles away, what kept you going? I think um, I've, I've thought about this a lot and I've talked to my partner about, about this because like, he's had a similar thing in a way. But um, I think you just endure. You just carry, you just carry on. Um, because, because I was doing bits of theatre around it mm -hmm. and it was just a massive commitment to it. It just felt, this is what I want mm -hmm. to do. It was just, um, and this is kind of, Paul, all I can do. <laughs> you know, this is the only so, thing that makes sense and works for me. I, I'm rubbish at, I can't do any, oh, that's my cuckoo clock. I'm so No, sorry. it's our cuckoo clock. We oh, is it one. yours? Have oh, you got one as well? Yeah. How bizarre. We both have a coffee clock. Mine will go off in a minute. <laughs> Mine also, I should say, ours, which is re really like a kind of Charlie Chaplin one, but it is always one cuckoo out. Is yours the same problem? Ours is three cuckoos out. <laughs> yeah. That's a better title. Three cuckoos out is a better, better title. Life in theatre. <laughs> but no, you're right. And I think you, <laughs> what you said then really struck a nerve when you said it's kind of all I can do. And I remember talking to a, a mutual friend of ours, Toby, once, where he was saying a similar thing, that you get through your 20s and it's a real struggle. 
and you and then you get into your thirties and people start to drop out or they meet somebody or they want some sign of security. They're fed up of being poor. And if you manage to survive that, like like you you and I did, you get into your forties. You're not going to do anything else. I couldn't do anything else. I can't even help my son with his maths homework. Never mind, you know. <laughs> um, so you're kind of stuck in a way, but it's a good stuck, I suppose. It is a good stuff. I mean, I remember this is, I mean, this is linking it back to, to you all, but I, I got to a point where I was so doing three cash in hand jobs and, and doing the, the little bits of theatre or doing this theatre company fucking theatre. And, you know, it was just in a van. I remember sleeping, going from Portsmouth to Paisley in yeah. one night in the van and wake, they had no air, we had no B&B. And I woke up rubbing my face on the floor of the van to keep warm. <laughs> <laughs> And I remember going, this is, and I remember on, I said, so if in the 10th year, I don't get an agent and I don't get a job, I, I don't get a real turning point, I have to smell the coffee. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and then that's when I got an, an, uh, an interview at Royal Court with you. But that was the turning point. Well, it's interesting, you know, that if I think back to the first time I kind of, I think met you, I might, we might have had mutual friends like Joey and stuff, so I might have encountered you, I think, but the first proper meeting was you coming in to meet us for the show. And and it's interesting, obviously you were perfect for us in many ways and you were wonderful, absolutely brilliant in the show itself. But it's an interesting thing because you are many things, but obviously you're one of the funniest performers I've ever worked with or seen. And I don't think that, I can't imagine that fits in with a lot of the feckin' stuff. That, that sounds a more intense kind of experience, whereas it felt like maybe... Did it feel like something was being released comedically, maybe, or the ability to be that side of yourself? Yes, yes. I mean, there was funny stuff in feckin', and we had some lovely, did some lovely characterizations, but just um, a real proper release and a joy mm. and, um, and feeling very comfortable. Uh, it just all sort of came... It just felt more... It came together. Yeah, you know, and it fitted the glove, fitted the hand. Yes, I know what you mean. And sometimes it, it it's interesting that when we give ourselves a point where we go, something's got to happen here, and then yeah, I, I was just thinking, and also it was just real release. I was at the theatre company with the same sort of people for a long time, for years, and it was just really lovely to be in a whole new set of humour. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean, and a, a room of, and it was it was a healthy, really healthy room, and. I don't know, it just it was just a release of new people. It's true, we do. One thing that we're fortunate about as actors is that sense that we meet new people all the time, don't we? So if it's good, you make pals and whatever, and if it's bad, it's very brief, and then you move on to the next thing. Um, which brings me to my next regret. Can you think of any, and I really don't mind if it, this, is, this might be a top one, any experience, is there any experience of when you've taken a job and realised that you wished you hadn't. You don't have to name names. I'm just curious as to whether you've had that, because I've had that experience where I've said yes, and then I thought I shouldn't have done this. And then I've had yeah, to do it. Yeah, well, know. yeah. I mean, I've never left a job. I know some actors who no. have gone. No. And um, I've been in some... Yeah, I mean, there's a, there was a couple... In the latter years of, I have to say, in the theatre couple that I was with, it, it, yeah. that, I, that I thought I shouldn't be here anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I was... And they were quite sort of avant-garde stuff where risque costumes and so on and I just felt literally doesn't fit uh, I felt very uncomfortable do you know what I mean it just wasn't me um, and there's some shows I've been in where people have just there's more people on stage than there are in the audience those classic moments yeah. um, 
Yeah, and there was, there was one play I did up in Newcastle. <laughs> I don't know how far I should go with this, but, but I was, you know, I did the Northern Stage Ensemble for a while and we did about five plays. I know you did the same. Yes, I did, yeah. For a little bit, but there was one play with a particular director and I was just so badly cast. And uh, I had to do a Northumberland accent, which is a very tricky accent. Yeah, very hard. And uh, I was sinking every night. <laughs> it was just in, th- in front of a Northumberland Newcastle uh, audience. I'll, I'll move on there from you. But obviously, as I said, we had a lovely time with you then. And then I, I remember going on, to, we went on to do an adaptation of a Philip Pullman story. The Firework Maker's Daughter, which you joined us for in a big company. Very, very happy experience in the, 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 that show. But I do remember which, it led to something else for you and me, which I, is, I'm very proud of. Is I remember sitting in the technical rehearsal one night, uh, 10 o'clock, the chef crew, and you were on stage the, being a pirate. And I was sitting with Ian Johnson, our composer, and he leant across to me and said, who does Mandy remind you of? And you were running across in this co- pirate costume. And I said, I'm not sure. And he went, Charles Hawtrey. And I went, Oh my God, she does. Phys- physically, the, the way you were playing in that role, and yeah. I made, I'm sure it hadn't even crossed your head. I'm not suggesting you were channeling Charles Hawtrey as part of this pirate, but your physicality and the kind of naivety or the charm of it. And then I think I remember coming to you and we we're still there saying, look, I've just read this book and I think there might be a show in it if you're interested in having a look. And, and, and hence became... Um, Jiggery Pokery, a show that had a brief life, but I have to say, for me, is one show I'm really, really proud of. Oh, I was very proud of that. I, yeah, very magical time. Yeah, and the, and the wonderful collaborators we built around it as well. Kathy Wren and who was the yes. wonderful composer? Um, Jules Maxwell. Jules, yes, the, a wonderful team of people that that came and did it with us. And I just remember you you were, which is I suppose what obviously wonderful acting is, but you were both incredibly funny and kind of heartbreaking and I felt for me I remember it felt a a bit of a turning point when we were making it where I think I said I think I said let's imagine that this is a play that has a cast of like 30 in it and if it was at the National Theatre there'd be some poor actor would be playing the stage doorkeeper but now you're going to do it all and I think suddenly when you grew into that thing of playing all these different characters I I still remember talking to your other half about a moment where you were listening as a child outside the door of the uh, the the principal's office then you'd go back in and be the oh it was wonderful it was wonderful it was a complete joy it was a just I mean I've like you say, I had a very brief life, but a very special brief mm. life. I think it was, mm. it was a real, and I learned so much doing that because doing something on your own is quite. You go through a wall of it. Yes. Yeah. With, absolutely. You know, but um, but I, it was a real joy to do. A real joy. Um, yeah, and 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 a real a math, another turning point. I think within a a journey as an mm. you know as an actor, it was it yeah. was a very important thing that I did. Yeah. Because there is something, isn't there, about... I've only done one once many, many years ago. The sense of stepping out on your own on stage for an hour or an hour and 20 minutes, it takes a big leap of faith to do that. I remember when I did mine years ago in Edinburgh, I remember coming out and on a bad night, I used to think in my head when I looked at the audience, they're thinking, oh, God, is it just him for another hour? I know. (laughs) (laughs) No one else is coming on. I know, I remember stepping out and I'd hold a cardboard door and a pipe. Yes, that's right, yeah. Just before I'd step out and think, oh, you know, and that, that, 
you'd suddenly just have moments during it where you'd see the audience go, have I got, do I need to do more? Suddenly, because there's a lot of sort of very present moments that happened within it each yes. night. No, it was a tour de, proper tour de force. Brilliant team, you were, you were amazing in it. And then, obviously, you... you built up a fantastic uh, uh, body of you know acting work the things you've done and you mentioned um you mentioned two directors that you uh you uh, obviously clearly inspired you like ken loach and mike lee um I, have you ever managed to meet any of them work for work or anything like that or even socially um i had a meeting with mike lee for turner ah and and then and and then I, and then he said, um, and we had a really lovely time uh, chatting. And then he said, come back, we'll do a little audition, a uh, little improvisation. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I came back and I, and I did this audition. And um, after that audition, it went really well. And it just went really well. I said, you're definitely going to be in, the, it was a really positive thing. And then I found out I was two and a half weeks pregnant. <gasps> Oh. Yeah, and then I wrote to him and I said, Mike, I, I, I don't know if you're thinking of me being in something, but um, I'm, I've just found out I'm pregnant. And by the time the filming happens, the baby will be two months old, three months old. And uh, oh. he wrote back and said, I was thinking of you doing something quite substantial, but, um, but never mind, maybe we can get you in for a day. So I went in for a day on Turner. How was that? That must have been such a strange, conflicted kind of thing. It was, it was, but um, the, the baby thing was so big for me uh, that I, that, but it was, a, it was a strange moment that they both came together at the same, yeah. the same time. But um, that's life. It's true. It's sort of, you, you, you literally don't know. It's funny. I remember yeah. I've only, I've met neither of them for work, but I remember meeting Ken Loach, another, as you say, amazing director. I, di I directed a play at the Young Vic by Brecht called Senora Caraz Rifles a few years ago. I saw it. And he came to see it, and I was in the bar and got introduced to him, and I was like, oh, my God, it's Ken Loach. Because, of course, he made that wonderful film about the Civil War, didn't he, Land and Freedom? And yeah. I think I was a bit tongue-tied, and probably I was very conscious that I probably sounded a bit daft, but I was very pleased to meet him. You know, someone, like you say, those those people like that. But you have yeah. also, of course, spanned the spectrum in terms of movies, from from the, the, the art house of Mike Lee to the, the one of the biggest franchises in the world. So how how does it feel? You must have a doll. Presumably there is a doll of you in, in terms of the Star Wars. Oh, Star Wars, no, no doll, no doll. Oh. No, oh. the, the top trumps card. Oh, top trumps—that's even cooler. Top trumps card. I look—I look very tense in the top trumps card. <laughs> in your top trumps card, what's your highest score for what thing? Do you score highest? Oh, I don't know. Do you know what? I haven't even looked. I just look at the colour schemes and the costumes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the scoring. But is—I mean, that must have been. I mean, from the moment you were presumably it was top secret. From the moment your agent said there's a meeting. I mean, it was so tense. It was, it was just, yeah. Well, what happened was I was in uh, Nell Gwynn at the Globe yes. and the director came to see that play of Star Wars. Did he? Wow. Yeah. He came to, you know, the London experience, seeing a play at the Globe and it was yeah. the press night of um, Nell Gwynn. And then I got a phone call saying, do you want to do a few days on Star Wars? And then we had to sign all these things. But, and they said, do you want to say a few lines in it? I was like, yes, all right. And then a, kind of like a solicitor guy came into the trailer and I had to sign something. said, you're not allowed to tell anyone you're doing this. And then the lines they showed me, and it was quite a like five lines. It takes yeah. me a while, and it was on an iPad, and it disappears in fifteen minutes. 
So they oh gave God. me the iPad and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and then it went and it disappeared. Oh my God, it's like Mission Impossible. It just exploded. <laughs> Yeah, and I was, it made it so tense, Paul. Yes, I can imagine. I've seen that film with my kids, and actually, you've got a very good part in it. I mean, it, you know, as a friend, you go, wow, it grew into a really good part. What was he like as the director on it? Yeah, Ryan yeah. Johnson was absolutely beautiful, loves theatre. That's why he was there at the Globe. Yeah. You know, he's, a, he's a writer, and yeah, he's, um, he was really kind and gentle. And then I did a play in New York about a year and a half later, uh, Angels in America, and he flew out to see me in it with his partner. Very, very lovely man. Very, very grand. It's nice to hear, isn't it, when you're in the midst of something yeah. so enormous that someone can be quite human yeah. in, in in all of that. Because it was very scary being in something so big, like 400 crew and everyone, and then they say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, God, this is too much. <laughs> and I want to lie down and have a cup of tea. But it was, it, it was good to experience, but I, I favour more intimates. Yes, but good to have done. And, and I have to ask, has your son seen it? No, he's not interested. <laughs> it's, not. <laughs> it's so funny. We took him on the set. We got him to set and he was like looking around going, mm, mm. and they were like, hey, Arthur, hi. And he was like, mm. he said, it's a bit like Transformers. <laughs> but um, we showed him a little bit of the scene that I do and he's like, mummy, what are you doing? You mentioned the, um, the two film directors. In terms of kind of performers, has there been anyone that's influenced you as a performer that you think, well, oh, I really, there's something about them that, that or, or not? In, in the journey that I've done, you know, like you, you sort of capture the odd actor here and there and go, God, they are, they're just superb. And Hayley is definitely one of them. I, I would watch her, I would come backstage at the end of the playing the victim and every night I'd listen to her doing the last scene. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And every time she did it differently. And that is something I strive for. And I can't, she just listened differently. It was really truthful and I just... You, you both have that ability to be completely present and completely in the moment, which uh, I suppose in a sense uh, brings us full circle back to where do I come from, from Devon. But um, Mandy, it's been a real joy to chat with you and I hope we can see each other before yeah. too long. I'd love um, that. We will come and hang out. Mandy, thank you so much. Look after yourself. Lots of love. Thank All you. The best.